Comedy LOL Podcast Network. And I'm in the mic with Giz. Hello, Giz. Today's quote is... Woof! <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible mark. Today's quote is, Don't say things. What you are stands over you the while. And thunders so that I cannot hear what you say to the contrary. By Ralph Waldo Emerson. What I loved about the quote was, so Emerson was a transcendentalist, and um, most of their writings and works had to do with nature and kind of getting back to nature. So I love that there's the reference to thunder, and I think there's such a purity there. Um, but you know what I was thinking is, I always say my opinion on the quote first. Yeah. Yeah, so you should say yours first this time. <laughs> you want me to say I always just like jump right in. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I think. Oh yeah, no, that's. I, that's, so I thought that's how it worked. <laughs> oh, you want me to go first now? Yeah. Um, well, there's there's a more common there's a more common um, interpretation of this. The saying is, "What you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you say," which is the quote that I first came across. But then I wanted to get the exact quote, so while I was searching, I found it came from him um, originally. And I love this quote because it's so true. Because so many people can say so many things. And, you know, think of uh, world leaders, for example, or anybody that maybe a politician that wants to rule the world or be the president or whatever. They make all these promises, but then when they get in the office, they hardly follow through on any of them. And if they do, it's kind of just like uh, <laughs> they're just like paying lip service or, or would they just like a token gesture, whatever they do. It's not really what they said they were going to do. It just kind of looked like what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a great quote because people really need to. Remember that you need to focus on somebody's actions, not on what they're saying, but what they do, because that's what really matters at the I, end of the day. I was really obsessed with American Girl as a child and also as an adult. And um, their Pleasant Company was the original like American Girl company. American Girl is a series of dolls um, that originally they all had a specific time period they were from and there were books written about that time period about this girl who was like 10 years old kind of living in the time period anyway one of the things that i had from the uh american girls was a play and it was like you know you could act it out with your friends or whatever but the name of the play was actions speak louder than words and so i say that all the time because it's like you can say one thing, but if you're not following through with it or if you're not acting that way, like when people say, like, I'm a good person, it's like those are just words. Are you actually a good person? If you were actually a good person, I'd be able to see that. I wouldn't need you to tell me that. Yeah, exactly. I, I <clears throat> Excuse me. Or I think it's the same when people say, like, I'm really smart. So it's like, if you were really smart, I would see it in the way that you act and you, the way that you behave and the way that and I'd hear it in, like, the, your your vocabulary and, like, things that you do. When you're saying I'm really smart, to me, most of the time, all I'm hearing is, like, I am not smart. Yeah. And people also have to remember that just because that you're doing actions that you perceive that are good, you know, just like they say – the road to hell is paved with good intentions so that really speaks to what you're saying because people if they say that they you know if they have to say that they're good sometimes that if they feel guilty about it or they feel like they have to do good things they'll go out and do things that they 
perceive as good but aren't and they can hurt people but out of a sense of guilt they're doing it so it's like that part in the bible where they're saying where the the guy gets to heaven after he dies and he's like but i gave all this money to the poor and i did this and i did it but he did it in front of people it was more for show it wasn't that pure intention it was like the people who are actually good you you don't see them doing those good deeds they don't need that adoration or that attention or people to know about it yeah, exactly. Because I I feel what they're really trying to tell you, the allegory, is maybe if there is no heaven and hell, if you just want to look at it as allegorically speaking, is that's just the wrong way to go about it. That's what they're telling you that you're not gonna um you're not gonna feel fulfilled if that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think we can jump into what we're doing today. We're starting a brand new suit. So we have finished up now the suit of swords. We are moving on to the suit of pentacles. Um, I'm kind of excited about this one. Swords, honestly, like the more I think about kind of our our journey together in this podcast, I think it was so insightful for me to lay it out the way that I did in terms of what we're talking about. Unbeknownst to me, what I would be going through personally and professionally, but I feel like we discussed the suit of swords at a period in my life where it was so relevant. And um, and so now I'm hoping to move on to a different suit, onwards and upwards. I am a phoenix rising from the ashes, which I've been saying for months, and I'm just hoping eventually it'll stick. Okay, so I digress. Let's get into this and let's talk about the suit of pentacles here. So um, before we start talking about the ace of pentacles, let's talk about the suit itself. Kind of what is it? Uh, what does it mean if it comes up in a reading? Uh, what do these people normally type of, like look like? Um, what signs are associated with it? So the suit of cups we already discussed was the water signs. Um, which Brandon and I are both water signs. And then the suit of swords were air signs. So the suit of pentacles, we only have two uh, elements left that we could be talking about here, but the suit of pentacles is going to be your earth signs. So that would be Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. If somebody were to pull a court card of the suit of pentacles in a reading, um, it either could be somebody that physically resembles the traits of the suit of pentacles, or it would be somebody that has this sign, um, which just helps you obviously like narrow down who is this person we're talking about um, and how do they kind of play into whatever it is you're, you're trying to find answers to. Um, but the suit of pentacles itself normally has to do with more earthly type things. I like thinking of it as more like earthly possessions. So finances and wealth and business and um, trade and work and it's normally associated with any of those things and kind of helping you guide yourself down that pathway. Um, that would have been really helpful for me prior to um, maybe like six months ago. Uh, if you're thinking about a normal playing deck of cards, this suit would relate to diamonds. And um, if I'm thinking about what these people normally look like, um, I'd say that the suit of pentacles has a look of someone with dark hair, dark eyes, dark complexion, and a little bit more of like a solid build. Um, if I'm thinking of something like earthly and grounded, I'm not thinking of someone like lightweight and not saying that this person is heavy, but I'm not thinking of somebody who's like wispy and, and tall. I'm thinking of somebody a little bit stockier and a little bit sturdier. 
Um, and maybe you know someone like that. <laughs> I often think maybe I am that person. Um, and yeah, do you have anything else you want to add about the suit of pentacles? Yeah, I also wanted to talk about the esoteric meaning. So internally what it means, and it, this really represents the earthly, worldly realm. So you might hear things in the Bible like of the world or in the world, and it's it's looked at in a negative way. And the reason they look at it in a negative way in that sense is because they're comparing it with spirit. So they hold the spirit higher than the earthly realm, where I think more if you're looking at like the hermetic teachings and the more ancient teachings of the mystery school, they try to tell you that everything's kind of equal and it's balanced. And that brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is the pentacle itself. So you have the five-pointed star, and it gets a really bad rap because when people see the five-pointed star, they often think of the pentagram when it's kind of on its side and you have the one point down and the two points up. So it symbolizes also the goat. And that that's also what brings it back to the earthly symbol because the goat is a symbol of the earth. It's, you know, so if you see a goat in a anywhere in a card or whatever, or uh, or you're trying to interpret it, that's what they're talking about, or a goat's head. They're just talking about the earth. So when you have that pentagram and it's tilted, so you have one point down, well, the five points of the pentagram, they all represent something different, and it's earth, air, um, earth, air, water, and fire, and then the top one is spirit, so that's where you get the five. And what people do when they're trying to symbolize a pentagram and they turn it with a one point down, that's putting all the other four elements, the earth, air, water, fire, above the spirit. And when you put it in a normal position with the two down and one up, that's supposed to symbolize a human with the spirit on top. So when you get all the other elements in alignment, then you can have the spirit working. So that's kind of just a little insight of what that is. So they're not all evil. And even if you do see one with the point down, it doesn't mean it has to be evil. It's just a symbol. It's just trying to let you know something. It just depends on who's using it and what they're using it for. Very well said. I didn't even get into the actual looking of the the pentacle. Um, and I feel like yours was way more insightful and educational than mine. But no, they were great together. See, that's that's what it is. <laughs> nice balance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we've talked a little bit now about the background of pentacles, and what we're going to do is now look at the ace of pentacles. We did already look at all of the aces together and talk about how does it relate back to the number one, but now we get to dive a little bit deeper into this card specifically and look at all the different pieces of it, and then we're going to talk about how it would relate into different types of readings. So what I normally do is give a description of what the card looks like and then we talk about our initial thoughts okay so the ace of pentacles i see this like kind of grayish blue background and coming in from the left hand side of the card i see on the left hand side of the card in the center these clouds these kind of spiral clouds and a hand is coming out of the clouds and in the hand it's holding kind of cradling um the one pentacle and if i look closely at the card i can see kind of this like aura around the hand kind of emanating off of it kind of like a little bit of a halo and then i see at the bottom of the card there's these it's like it looks like grass hedges an arch and through the arch there's this little pathway that leads through the arch through the arch i see some melons so there's my description of the Ace of Pentacles. If you want to see what it really looks like, you can always look at our Instagram, at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number two. 
Brandon, make sure to put up those pictures every single week so you can see exactly what these things look like if you can't follow my description. Okay, initial thoughts here. What did you think? Well, we've talked about this card before, like you said, not too long ago. <clears throat> so initially, I would have to say probably what we said before, just it's a, a card of creation, mm -hmm. kind of like all the aces. But this one looks like it's in a garden. So it reminds me more of the Garden of Eden, especially if you think of like Genesis. And then also this, the pentacles represent the earth. So this is kind of like the starting point when you think of the Garden of Eden is the starting point of the Bible kind of, or the starting point for humans anyway, supposedly. But then later they talk about other humans. So I don't really know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's just kind of what this reminds me of. It's just creation. Okay. Uh, when I saw this, I think a lot of times when I do readings for people or honestly even have uh, do a reading for myself, you have a specific intention or thought. And we've talked before about how when you ask for advice, a lot of times you're looking for somebody to validate your opinion. Um or to give you kind of an easy out away from doing something that might be considered a little bit harder. Um, and I think that this is like, if you pull this card, if it came up in a reading um, or a spread, it'd be like, there is only one option here. There's a new opportunity. There's something you know you're supposed to do and don't shy away from it because it looks like it's, it's kind of, I hate using the word destined, but it seems almost like destined to be. And like the fact that there's this aura around it, it's like, it is the only option. Why would you look for anything else if you're given this this opportunity or this specific thing? Exactly. You are my density. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I see, you From know, back the, to the future. when I see the rest of the um, card, like down at the bottom, you know, with the hedges and the path. And again, it's like there is only one path. Right. And this the hedges seem like perfectly in bloom. They're not super overgrown, um, but they're also not dead. And you've got all these other plants and it just seems like it's the right path, right? There's only one path here and it will lead you where you're supposed to go. Yeah. I think that's, <clears throat> I think that we can also look at it, the path in this garden as in the path might be easier and more clear when you start off, you know, yeah. right at the beginning, you kind of have a, you think it's clearer. So now you're like, wow, look, I know exactly where I'm going right toward those mountains. But once you step outside the garden, the path is probably going to be a lot more harder to follow. Or maybe it's not. It could be like the yellow brick road. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely could be. Me trying to be an eternal optimist here. We both know that's not me. Um, okay. All right. So then those are our initial thoughts. Now let's look at the different parts here. Did you have any thoughts on the clouds? I would just say that this... Uh, the sky that we're showing it, it kind of, it's like a neutral sky. You know, it's not like happy or crazy, but it's not sad or gloomy. It's just like in the middle. I'm looking at the clouds and they don't look like storm clouds. They almost look to me like just big white puffy cotton balls. And I think that's the kind of the generic idea of clouds. Normally I think you don't think of like um, these dark, ominous clouds. If someone's like, oh, draw a cloud, you're going to draw this white, puffy one. So I think it, again, goes back to that optimistic viewpoint of, like, these nice, beautiful, puffy clouds. It's it's not setting you up, is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not setting you up for a potential um, storm or something later. It's, you know, sometimes things are exactly what they seem to be. 
Yeah. All right, let's look at the um, the mountains in the background. Did you have any thought on those? I think I might have talked about these last time we talked about all the aces, but what they what they symbolize to me is like I was saying with the path, they just represent obstacles or challenges in your way, but they're visible obstacles and challenges that you could see on the horizon. So you can at least prepare for them. You know what's coming up. You know they're in your way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they could be daunting, but like anything that's coming up in your future, you could either sit around and worry about it or you could prepare for it. So for me <clears throat> looking at the mountains, for I was looking at it and I was thinking, um, I think a lot of times there's this misconception of if I'm going to continue on with what I was saying before about like taking this pathway, there is only one pathway. I think there's a misconception that if you're doing kind of what you're supposed to do or um, following the your right path, if you believe that there is one for you, um, that it's going to be like all sunshine and rainbows. And I think that that is setting you up for failure because the reality is you need to have the ups and downs. Not everything is going to be totally perfect all the time. You know, if you think about like uh, an athlete, um, you know, even like an Olympic athlete, there are trials and tribulations they have to go through. They're not going to always have an on day and they need to have those days where they do like maybe not succeed or, or fall down or, or whatever to be able to push through and be like, no, I, I can be better than that. And I like that there's just kind of the tips of the mountains there. You don't see like the valley part of it because it's like, okay, yes, there are going to be these high, high points where you feel great, but there's also going to be low points, but you only see the high points here, which for me felt very purposeful. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I like that. It's always the unseen. So whenever you see something or an obstacle or something you have to deal with in your future, you always have to remember about the unseen. And now let's look at the the plants. So we have these like hedges. There's this archway. Uh, there's grass. And then there's like kind of these flowers coming up from the grass in front of the um, hedges and the arch. What were your thoughts there? It just goes along with the whole garden theme. It's just a place of abundance. And, you know, so, you know, it's fertile. There's definitely rain that gets there, but it's not too much. So it just looks like a really nice temperate place. I think that's what they're kind of going for. Do you know what I love is, you know, based depending on what the your your version of the car looks like, um, if you really kind of focus in on it, it looks like there's seven different flowers growing up from the ground. I, I didn't even notice that. I see what you're saying. And we're going to be talking about the number seven later. So I'm just trying to bring it, but you know, uh, full circle here. And um, I love that the, the illusion of, you're right, it's, it's like a very fertile environment. And again, going back to if there was a decision or a financial decision or a job opportunity or something like that, there is this this depiction here that this will be a very fruitful experience. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely has the potential. And what I love is that you said that obviously it gets watered, but 
we're now we're talking about pentacles. This is more the earthly type of thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to go through the entire suit and see if the earth is always portrayed this way, because it definitely gives you. I, I feel very grounded here, even though it's only the bottom part of the card. That's kind of the part I'm drawn to. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for as well. It's show, it's showing you that the life or that the um that whatever the pentacle represents, it is coming right from the earth. It's like nature. It's born right out of the earth. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing else I wanted to specifically point out on this card. Um, let's talk about if this came up in a general reading. What would you say? This looks like something that isn't, I mean, obviously it's new, so it could be maybe a new venture that you're going on. It could be uh, something, maybe it's like a new exercise regimen or a way you're going to eat something for your body this could represent that too it's a new idea in that area um so i would just I would, that's where i would start with it and then go from there i if i'm gonna relate this back to kind of where we are in our calendar year a oh, gizmo baby i think about we have a day coming up where a lot of people kind of um create manifestations or ideas of what they want things to be like for them in the, in the next calendar year, right? That's what New Year's is supposed to be, like new beginnings, a new opportunity. And I think how nicely this ties in, kind of start thinking about that now, not saying that everyone needs to make a New Year's resolution. You can do that literally at any point in time, I think. But, you know, if there's this idea or this job or this, you're right, exercise regimen or anything that's, you know, more physical as opposed to um you know like a spiritual experience or something like that like now is the time maybe to start thinking about that and and actually focus on it so you can achieve it as opposed to most people when they make new year resolutions i feel like by january 15th they're like nah <laughs> it seemed like such a fashionable thing to do everyone was making resolutions yeah right <laughs> It's like, and everyone was holding on and doing, you know, what they said they were going to do for like a week. And then they were like, never mind. It's yeah, easier it's to like do what I was doing before. Time. It's the worst time to go to the gym. It's yes. like the first week after New Year's. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I can't speak to that because I don't belong to a gym. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's say this came up in a love reading. What would you say? Why don't you go first on this one? Okay, so I would obviously say that it would be potentially a new relationship um, or it's a like a, an incredibly beneficial relationship. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a love relationship. It could be a, ben, a relationship that you make where it's like a work kind of connection where this person will somehow benefit your position later in life or help you out or be a mentor or something like that. If we are talking about love relationships, which I think a lot of people always want to talk about, I'd say that it's um, either a new relationship. If you're in a couple, it'd be financial security, making smart decisions as like a team or a unit. And um, then that is setting you up for this brighter future, right? You're led, leading down this pathway to um, potentially paradise. Who knows? And... Um, and it's this idea of if you're together, you make better decisions. 
um, as opposed to being apart. So when you come together, you can make these smart decisions to set your both of you up for success later on. Yeah, I like that. You could also say that if you're in a relationship with somebody, maybe you want to go to the next step or maybe you want to have children. This could represent what you would have to do. You have to not that you have to, but this could represent a good guide where you should get everything in order. You should make you should make wherever you're going to have this child a place where life should be created and brought into this world, a, you know, a safe place somewhere where they can learn and you could be a good parent. And this mm-hmm. is what that could represent to you. And then also with that window to the world so they can actually see the world and be they could be subject to it and be and get in it if they have to and get a glimpse so they're not shielded from it because you don't want to totally shield them from it right right you know you need to uh you need to (laughs) need to get your children out there let them know what's really going on but yeah no you don't ever want to think about like kids you grew up with that their parents would never let them do anything ever and then they get a little bit of freedom when they you know when they turn like 18 they go to college and then they just lose their minds so it's uh-huh. kind of like that yeah so i would say especially if you have a maybe somebody comes in it could be a love reading but it could be just about their family and this could be that could be something to tell them exactly you know you don't want to expose your children to too much but then again you don't want to just keep them shielded from everything it's a it's a balance yeah, honestly, it really is. And I think it's really hard to strike that balance, especially like now. Um, and I mean, like, not that I know from experience, I don't have kids, but like, how do you find that balance between exposing them to things to prepare them for the world, but also shielding them from things that you don't think that they should be subjected to? I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Things were different when I was younger. <laughs> Well, I think the best way to start, even though I don't have any children, so maybe I'll get flack for this, but I think the best way to start, it's like anything else, is you have to get to know yourself, like I always talk about, because once you know yourself, well, you can become an example. Mm-hmm. So I remember when my parents would tell me not to do something, and they would yell at me, but then I would see them do it. <laughs> so, you know, and then that's, so that's what I wanted to do. So it's hard. So I guess that's the only little bit of advice I could give as somebody who is only a father to cats and not children. (laughs) Yes, and I'm only a a mother to a dog. And as you can hear, most of the time I have no control over her. So, um, okay, let's go on to if this came up in a career reading, what would you say? Well, this is pretty obvious, I think, if it came up in a career reading for you. Um, This would be probably a new job the beginning of that new job or maybe even starting a new career path. It doesn't have to necessarily just be a job. It could be what you want to do as your career. It could be a new business. And mm-hmm. just like I said before, if you want to bring a child or life into this world, it's a good idea to start this new business or career or whatever it is in an environment where it could be nurtured and it has everything that it needs to grow um, to its proper maturity before you kind of let it out into the world. So that can mean uh, taking your time, preparing, saving the money, even if, you know, whatever business you have, if you're making money off it, instead of just using that money, just reinvesting it back into the business, things like that. 
I totally agree. Um, and I, I think it could also be like maybe a new project at your job. It's an opportunity for you to expand maybe outside of what you're normally doing uh, to grow as both an employee and as a person. And I also always love bringing these cards back to in our career readings, certain jobs. So I think this could be a job in finances or uh, wealth management, maybe like a banker, or it could be somebody that works in like health and fitness. So maybe a personal trainer or an athlete, something like that. All right. Now, for the next part of the podcast, we normally look at the same card, but a different interpretation. It's in a different deck. So Brandon does the description here, and then we just kind of go and talk about our initial thoughts. All right. The Ace of Discs. This card is crazy. Um, okay, how am I going to start this? So there's a, in the middle, you see... There's a bunch of geometrical shapes inside the circle, and then outside the circle, there's other shapes that looks like uh, kind of like sets of wings. So I see feathers coming out of them, and um, back in the circle, there's writing around it, and then in the middle of the circle, there's three different numbers. There's a one on top of – oh, I'm sorry, there's one, and then under is three sixes – but it's in two circles, so you can hardly see the middle six. And outside, it's like a green. Um, and you see, like, green feathers inside what I'm talking about. It's really hard to explain. You guys are going to just have to check it out. Go to our Instagram at Terrible, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two, and check it out. Um, Ashley, what did you think of this card? This is intense. You know what? I agree with you. Um, I was initially brought into like looking at it. And the first thing I noticed, obviously, it's not called pentacles or coins, which I have um, a goddess deck. And that's what it's called. And it's called discs, which makes me think of um, something uh, maybe because for me, coins is obviously very uh, associated with wealth and finances and money. And the idea of this being a disc for me, it was like, it, it gave more of an idea of movement. And I see lots of wings in this picture, which related back to me that movement. And then I look at the circle in the center, which is obviously the disc. And all, all I honestly saw was I disregarded the writing around the outside of the disc. I saw the six, six, six in the middle. And I was yeah. thrown by that. Like, why is that there? Why would he incorporate that? So the six is supposed to be the number of the man also. It's supposed to be man's number. So that's where I think they're coming with the earth correlation. It's kind of like um, when you're looking at the, the pentacle. Mm-hmm. And it represents five. It represents the man because it's all the different elements and then the spirit on top. Um, but they put the one on top of it, so there's got to be something to go with that, because that equals 10, because 6 plus 6 plus 6 is 18, plus 1 is 19, 1 is 9 is 10, and it's a 1, so it comes back to the 1, so maybe it's just another expression of the ace or the 1. And then I see, um, looking at it, with the exception of like the wings at the top and wings on the side at the top, there's also like, it's like half of an oval and it looks like tree rings. Like almost they cut um, like a, a portion of a tree to see the rings to get, gather the age of the tree or something like that. 
Oh, yeah. Which obviously makes it look very earthly. Yeah, it brings it right back to the earth. Actually, and even some, the, the oh, wings itself, like the wings on the top and the bottom, obviously feathers would be uh, from a bird, but it almost looks like a pine cone to me. A little bit. Oh, yeah. And I think we've talked about what pine cones represent, the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Also, with these numbers, I was thinking that if you look at the way the pentagram looks, or I'm sorry, the um, the disc looks in a in the normal pentagram with the five, or I'm sorry, with the one point facing up and the two facing down, this could represent the same thing because the six 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 could represent the other elements of the human with the one representing the spirit, the one on top. Mm-hmm. I think what a for me it was like what a and I. <laughs> So sorry that I'm even use this word. Brave choice to do it this way because it's so different than the rider weight. And this feels very earthy, like plant-like, forest-like. Um, I don't necessarily see the movement there, but I do see the association to, I think, all of these like woodland type of ideas. And like for the background on this one, um, it's so different than the background that we saw in the swords cards because there were so many like weird shapes there. And this one just kind of seems like an abstract painting with the green and the yellowish gold. And again, it like just reminded me of something very forest like. Yeah, it's really giving that earth element, that nature element. I, I'm very interested in seeing how this suit plays out in both decks because, you know, obviously I have seen the Rider Waite pentacles, um, but just kind of as we go through and, and progress to see how, how kind of, there, is there like a through line there? Is there a story being told? I think that there is, but what is it? All right, so now we're going to move on. Uh, we've been talking about all different numbers uh every week so last week we talked about the number six this week we're going to talk about the number seven and then we're going to look at all of the seven cards i personally really like the way we've been doing it uh the past couple weeks where we look at the number first and then relate it back to the cards that's just me personally um so then i'm gonna keep doing that uh, uh all right so uh sevens Seven is considered the perfect number. I remember that I was taking a class in college called Revelation, the Nightmare of God. And it was, we looked at different, uh, the, the numerology of many different numbers, but we mostly focused on the numerology of three, four, and seven, because those were the numbers that came up frequently in Revelation. And, um, and seven was always considered the perfect number. There are seven sacraments. Um, so seven, it's the number of the spirit and somebody who's very introspective and they can kind of sit and get their own thoughts in order. And um, they're very clear minded in terms of making decisions and they have kind of this inner wisdom. They're definitely not focused on like the materialistic type of like me, me, give me all this stuff. Now, last week, I remember I said that also about sixes, that they didn't want to sacrifice time for material things. And we talked about different love languages. Um, seven is somebody that's not going to be materialistic, but is also very attracted to um, experiences and 
So maybe this would be a quality time type of uh, love language. And they're very perceptive, very smart. So they're going to excel in academic areas, probably because of that, like inner wisdom and um, and are capable of having kind of these complex thoughts. Even though I said they're very spiritual, it's the number of the spirit. They're going to be able to do things in like a math or science, things that are considered a little bit more like brainy subjects. And um, yeah, it's a combination of a three and a four, which we've talked about in the past couple weeks. Did you have anything you wanted to add to sevens? I could say that seven is also important because there are, uh, if you look at the, classical trivium method if you put the trivium together with the quadrivium and it's an ancient way of learning that people are actually still taught today in elite boarding schools <laughs> so you have the trivium which is uh, grammar rhetoric knowledge so it's kind of like input processing output and then you have the quadrivium which are the four liberal arts which would be arithmetic geometry music and astronomy and it's just a way to investigate and measure the world around you it's the medieval education and liberal arts, which is comprised of arithmetic, number, geometry, which is number in space, music, which is number in time, and astronomy, which is number in space and time. Oh, how interesting. Yep. That's how all the smart people you've ever heard of in the past, especially in the ancient medieval past, were taught most of the people. And today, too, it's taught a lot in elite boarding schools. It's just really about getting things done as opposed to like the standard educational ther- um, model where we think where people are like taught to memorize facts and then spit mm-hmm. them out. This is a way of teaching people how to actually get things done and to critically think for themselves. And you know what's so interesting is that like I had like a liberal arts education and now I can understand why I needed to take some of the classes I needed to take. I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? But it was all part of, I guess, what they were trying to, you know, get indoctrinate. To learn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's look at our four different uh, cards here that are seven. So we have the seven of wands, the seven of swords, the seven of cups, and the seven of pentacles. So honestly, the suit or the card that I think is a, the best representation of what we just kind of talked about is the seven of cups. I'm always drawn to the cup cards, I feel like. Um, and I don't know if it's just because they're the suit of our, our sign or what, but I feel like that is such a great representation of all of these different type of like subject areas, but it also has, it looks very spiritual because it's like all these cups are in the clouds and this figure is like shadowy. You don't see them. And it's like, perhaps they're being enlightened and their face is lit up, but we don't see that. And so that's what I love about that, that card. Um, I guess even the seven of swords, you know, um, the, the image of the person picking up the five and having the two behind them. But it's like, they're trying to maybe absorb as much as they can. And they're not, you know, super fixated on the material aspect of the world. So that's why they're not trying to get all seven of them. Um, When I look at the seven of pentacles, I know we haven't talked about this yet. This could be kind of a idea of, you know, trying to nourish and grow your own knowledge. Um, and the idea that maybe then knowledge being quote unquote power or help with uh, security and wealth. This person looks like they're growing this tr- money tree, 
kind of. Um, and so I kind of like that. It's like you reaping what you sow. If you put in the work, you're going to get something out of it, which is what I was talking about before. And then as per usual, seven of wands, I'm looking at, I'm like, what is happening here? I don't really necessarily see how this relates to the number seven because there's a figure and it looks like the figure is fighting these six, you, this figure is holding one wand and you see the six other ones at the bottom of the card. You don't see if anyone's holding them, but he looks like he's trying to like hit them or beat them or something like that. And I, I just don't know if I see how that relates to the number seven for me. What were your thoughts? Well, I should have mentioned this before when we were talking about the number seven, but seven is kind of one of my numbers because not only was I born in July, which is the seven month, seventh month, but I have seven letters in my name, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved seven. I remember when I was seven years old, I, for some reason I remember this. I'm like, I'm seven and I have seven letters in my name. And I just like a big part of my life for me for some reason. I'm like, <laughs> this is it. That's I'm going to really do sweet, this. Though. <laughs> Yeah. Like, stuck out in your head, and it's like you remember that. I don't have anything like that. And now we do a podcast about numbers and uh, tarot cards. All right. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that the um, well I guess we could just start with the seven of wands. It looks like he's standing on the earth, so he's like this giant. So this reminds me sometimes of when you have a project that you take on, or uh, it could be anything, any any kind of new endeavor that you take on, and then it just gets to be too much, or it 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 ends up being a lot more than you expected that it was going to be, and it's not anything you can't handle. So this guy is definitely rising to the challenge, and he's literally defending the earth that he's on. So this is kind of, to me, it's like if you have, like I said, an idea or a new endeavor that you're going upon, and then it, this is the point where it gets to where it looks like you're about to be overwhelmed. So you have to rely on yourself and rely on what the seven could represent. So we're talking about the three and the four. And that's also a great combination because that gives you the triangle and the square, which gives you the circle. And your, uh, when you square the circle... It's kind of like getting that self-knowledge. So to me, I always go back to that (laughs) funny surprise. So it's just really about not that you can't depend on other people, but you have to get that foundation of being able to depend on yourself first. You have to know yourself if you're going to fight this battle, especially with wands because they represent fire. So these could be anything... um, like ideas or magic or creation in the world. Think about what a, a magical wand represents and what you're going to do with it. You're going to create things. You might change things, um, change people's hearts and minds. So this is just represents you getting out there and doing it. And then as far as uh, the seven of pentacles, I know we're going to be talking about that in a few weeks anyway, but I love how you were saying how he's kind of enjoying the fruit of his actions, but it also looks like he's kind of ready for the next step, too. He's like, all right, I did this. I'm right, you know. Um, but he kind of looks bored. And then the Seven of Swords. I've always really liked this card. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's because it's just so colorful. We have the tents down there, and then you mm-hmm. have, like, the different uh, the clothes and everything that he's wearing. And the other two swords, to me, the way they're stuck in the ground like that, it kind of reminds me of when you think of the sword and the stone, like the Knights of the Round Table and King Arthur and everything, where he had to pull that sword up. 
So maybe this person right now is just kind of not ready to pull those other swords out. It's it's like you were saying before that maybe you mentioned the pine cone. Well, mm-hmm. one of the ideas of the pine cone is that it doesn't release its seeds until it's ready. So like if you have a pine cone that's green or not ripe yet, I mean you could it would take you forever to get the seeds out. But if that pine cone sits long enough on the branch and it gets ready, the seeds are just gonna fall right out. So in that same same way when you're ready to handle those swords, you'll be able to pull them out. So maybe he's just not ready yet and he's looking back kind of wishing he was ready or thinking about the day where he's going to be ready or also maybe figuring out a way to be ready. What do I have to do? You know, I'm going to take off right now with these swords, but then I'll come back and get these when I'm ready. These other two. So he's kind of like, bye for now, but I'll be back. <laughs> and, um, and then also this, they'll go to the seven of cups. I really love that. And I also, I'm always drawn to the fact that the figure is so shadowed and like you can't see him just like you brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to back out of the equation and take yourself out and look at everything objectively. And that's kind of what he's doing. You know, he's he's not in the spotlight. He's looking at or he or she or this person. I always say he because I'm a guy. Um, so I think that's really what's going on here, or that's one of the interpretations. They're kind of just taking a step back, taking themselves out of the equation and looking at all the possibilities. And I think that'll about round up what I have to say about these cards. Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's interesting each week how I, I can find there's a connection to the number, but I don't see it in every card. And I'd like to think that for any of our, our listeners that if they did have any of the connections to those numbers, they'd let us know. But I think it's just a great representation of how, like, I'm still on my journey of trying to figure out how all these things are related and where where's my place there. Yeah, so basically what she's saying is if you're – the first part is if you're a listener, tell us what you think. <laughs> yes. What do you think these cards mean? Um, absolutely. All right. So next week we're looking at the two of pentacles and we're going to look at the number eight. Super excited. And that week we actually will probably be recording together because I will be back on the East Coast. Back on the East Coast, everybody. That's going to be insane. (laughs) So I know everyone's excited for that. Make sure you tune in next week. Thank you for listening this week to The Terrible Podcast. You can check us out at ComedyLOL.com. You can find the podcast itself at Terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com. If you'd like to support us, do that by going to ComedyLOL.com. Click on the Amazon link and do all your shopping. We get a piece of it. It doesn't cost you any more. Or you could just go to ComedyLOL.com, click right on the donate, and just give us money. Hey, it's the giving season, right? It's Christmas. Maybe we'll talk about what that means next week because we're going to be talking about twos of pentacles and eights so i'm sure we could find a way to uh fit in the old christmas motif somehow you have anything else for him ashley nope all right everybody that's it nope see you next week look at the different parts here did you have any thoughts on the clouds um excuse me 
I guess I did. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>